Hello, everybody. It is great to be here one more time. My name is Gary Fowler. I am a serial entrepreneur and investor. I've been involved in 17 startups and two unicorns. I was on the original management team at Click Software, which was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion. Yes, $1.35 billion. I am the CEO, president of GSD, Get Shit Done Venture Studios, a premier AIM quantum venture studio located in the heart of Silicon Valley. We believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities are not, and that's why we're here. Love artificial intelligence and quantum computing, and I love space. So with that, I've got an incredible guest today. Uh, Alan is a founder of Cosmian. He's a virgin galactic future astronaut, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. He's an investor at CEN, investor of 1667, Vine, Pinscreen, Instramatic, Patreon. Uh, he went to Bolton and he is in Manchester. So with that, I'm going to bring Alan Gray on board. Hey, Alan, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Gary. How are you? Ah, great. So I got to tell you now, what does it mean to be a Virgin Galactic future astronaut? Because I read that was in 2014 or so that you're going to go up. Have you been up in September 2014 that said you're going to go up in the next uh, uh two years right what did you do that or not uh no not yet so i signed up in 2014 um, and then shortly after i signed up there was a an accident and so they had to rebuild uh, the spaceship and then there's been a lot of testing since then and actually they're going to start commercial operations later this year so that's where my two-year estimate comes from it's sort of two years roughly from now is when i think i'll get to go now was it expensive signing up for that uh, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, although not not as expensive as going to the space station or going up with SpaceX or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think it'll be worth it? Yes, yeah. I always wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid, and so this is my only chance. And then, how long do you stay up in space? So it's very short. So the, I think the whole trip is probably around an hour and 45 minutes, um, but the actual space part, the weightless part, you're probably only weightless for maybe about six or seven minutes. Um, and then you've got the, the rocket ride just before that. Wow, that's great. Well, it sounds like you're gonna have some, uh, gonna have some fun with that. What made you decide to wanna do that? Cause you were, you did it, you was a kid, you liked the, you wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah, so uh, when we had, um, there's, Two, two years before the end of high school, you have a, a careers session. And my careers advisor asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I want to be an astronaut. And he basically said, look, you're not good at uh, mathematics. Uh, you're, not got the right, you're not going to get the right qualifications. You're, you would need to go into the Air Force. But I don't think you'll get in. So pick something else. Uh, and so I, I eventually went into computer programming um, using complex maths all the time. Um, so obviously school didn't really um, light my fire in terms of, of maths. It's something I learned on my own later. Now, um, is that person still around? Um, apparently they ended up in jail. Ah, really? Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should send them the uh, invitation to the launch when you go up. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, you went to... What, so you went to University of Bolton in what, biotech? Uh, no, computing. 
Okay, it said BTEC. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ah, the Bachelor of Technology. Got it. And yeah. then you started the old at you went to old Atlas products as a senior software engineer. Why did you do that? What made you decide to go there? Um I actually got, got in there through uh, family, so it was my first programming job. Um, and that's pretty much where I, I learned, learned to code. I was learning to code at university, um, but I really learned how to code properly um, on, on my first job. Now, uh, you want, then it says Atlas Products International. Are you, do you have a relatives there at Atlas, or is it? Uh... Yeah, the first version of, of, of Atlas was family. Um, the second version of Atlas was, um, in later years, was a, a mixture of family and old associates. I got it. And so you spent, um, you sold to High Jump in 2014? Yeah. And you were the uh, co-founder of the group, of uh, co-founder responsible for acquisitions, business, finance, operations, technical. Yes. Well, that was good. And so what did you do once you sold it? Did you have a big party or did you travel? What did you do? Um, traveled. Yeah, I did a lot of traveling. So it, it, I think I stayed there for about another year. Um, and then I decided to want, I wanted to go and travel. But you, you asked me how did I get into the, the space thing. Um, and just by coincidence, uh, three months before we sold, I was at a conference in Washington, D.C., and I only went there because they said we have a space guy on talking about space and I had no idea what it was. So I went to that conference uh, and it turned out to be a guy called Stephen Attenborough, who's the commercial director for or was the commercial director for Virgin Galactic. And he gave his presentation. He showed a, a test flight and I didn't even know that it existed. Um, and so I, I met him afterwards and he signed a flyer for me and said, hope to see you up there one day. Um, and then about three or four months later, we sold the business. And so uh, the first thing I did was buy my ticket to space. Oh, that's great. Now, can you resell your ticket? It's probably worth a lot more money today, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't resell it. No? Wow, yeah, that's you know, great. Yeah, and you, can, you can't transfer it either. So you're, re- you're excited about being the, um, a future astronaut there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a guy named Per Wimmer. Did you ever hear his name? Per Wimmer? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's a, a friend of mine. Yeah, he's going to be an astronaut too. So I talked to him. He was on my show. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it's a really good bunch of people. So when you sign up, um, my assumption was that uh, I'll just wait for as long as it takes. And then one day I'll get a phone call and say, okay, it's time to go. Um, but that's not the case at all. There's a, there's a community of, of people that you get to network with all the time. And, you know, a lot of those have become friends now. But you get to do lots of unique experiences um, along the way. Really? Like what? Talk about it. I want to hear about these experiences. Um, well, within a couple of weeks of signing up, the first thing I got invited to was to go and fly with a, uh, an aerial stunt team called the Blades, who are all ex-Red Arrows pilots. Um, so got to do that. They throw you around the sky. Um, I've got to do uh, G-force training in a centrifuge. How was that? Uh, uh, that was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then, did you make your stomach upset when you're going around in the circles, or no? No, I didn't. Um, there's two two types of G-force. You've got GX, which goes against you, 
and you don't have to worry about that. It just, just feels really heavy. Uh, then you've got GZ, which is from the top down, and that's the one that drains the blood from your brain. So they teach you to do something called the anti-G straining maneuver to keep the blood in the top half of your body. Uh, so that, that was a bit of a challenge to learn that, but it was also... Did you black uh, out before you learned how to do it? Uh, no, no, they, they teach you so that you don't experience uh, blacking out. Uh, wow, that's... Yeah, so, yeah, was so, it so, fun? Yeah. Was it interesting? Yeah, it, it was really good fun. Um, I got to do that one in... I can't remember where it was. It not somewhere not too far from New York. And then the second one I did was at Star City in Russia. Um, but that one was really tame compared to the one uh, I did in the US. Yeah, well, what did, what was it like? How long did it last? Um, I think the the one in the US was about just over two minutes. So they did it, they, they mimicked the, the flight profile um, of the flight that we'll have. Whereas the Star City one was just maybe, I don't know, maybe a minute or so. Wow. That's amazing. And what does it cost now today to get, if somebody wants to do that, one of my um, audience wants to do that, what does it cost today to go up? Um, I'm not too sure exactly, but I think the prices may have gone up to around about 400 and something thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. That's not too bad. Yeah. But it's, 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 for, for me, the ticket price has been worth it just to experience all the things that I have um, before we've even flown. That's uh, great. Yeah, so just, 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 sorry, uh, just the, just yesterday it was, um, I got notification of, it's an event uh, that I attended um, a few years ago now, and, and it only came through Virgin Galactic, and I got asked one day, do you want to go and dig up a new species of dinosaur? And so I went and did that. And then they've just finally got the results through and published the paper, uh, and we did in, in fact. And what which kind of dinosaur? What kind of dinosaur was it? It was. I wrote it down. It, it was called a Sierra Ceratops Ternary. And where was that? Um, it was in New Mexico. No kidding. Mm. And how big was it? Was a whole skeleton there? Was it just a couple of bones? Just a few bones, uh, mainly from the head area, and then a couple from the back end. How did that feel? Finding that it was nothing like you see on the TV. I expected there to be you, know, you didn't with brush, brushes delicately brushing yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. brushes like doing it really. What was it like? Um, it was just hard work. I I thought it would just slowly reveal a skeleton nicely laid out in the in the soil, but it wasn't the case at all. We just it was just this big lump that the paleontologist said. Uh, all right, this is it. And so we had to put it in plaster of Paris and get try and get underneath it and then just load it onto the back of a lorry. So it was just hard work, really. Really? Wow, because you always think they got these little tiny brushes, right? Oh, that's, we have, they have these little tiny brushes and they're blowing it off and you know, they try to keep it clean. You never think that they're, they had a big truck and they're trying to load the bone. How big were the bones? Were they big? Yeah, I think so. Um, judging by the size of the the package that we had to lift onto the back of the truck, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty big. Well, it was just from the, somewhere near the head. And what kind of a dinosaur was it? Do you know? Was it a meat eater? Was it? Uh, I think it was a plant eater. Hmm. Well, did you ever see a picture of what it looks like, what, it, what it's depicted as? I did, yeah. There was a um, an artist's rendition of it. Um, I don't have it to hand, but 
I could, I could send it, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's cool. I love that. Okay, so then you went on. Tell us about it. So you, you've done um, Ascend TV, right? So that's one of mm. your investments. What's that all about? Um, it's a friend of mine who, who was also a future astronaut. He's actually not now. Um, he started a, um, a company which they create cameras, uh, so high-definition live streaming cameras, um, to be deployed on satellites or uh, so so basically you can use them for diagnosis of issues so you could attach it to a satellite so when it's being deployed um it can sort of look the camera can look back at itself and see um if all of the parts are moving as they should be well that's um, yeah but they just launched uh, their own satellite now with spacex and it's it's just a uh, it's just going to be a co continual view of Earth and c collecting data, sharing images of Earth. But it, but it's true. It's true streamed video as opposed to what what you get currently from everywhere else, which is um, many pictures taken per second and then put together. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So then, um, what about the pin screen? Uh, pin screen. They're doing um, complex AI powered avatars. So they started uh, by focusing on um personal assistance that you could use in airports and that kind of thing but it seems that they've they've geared more now towards uh, the avatar side of things so similar to ready player me excellent and then uh you did another one uh who is the silicon valley syndicate club talk to us about that who is that what group is that um they're just a, a syndicate that uh, I can't remember how. I think they invited me to one of their events um, and I just started investing through them. So they seem to, uh, they've got really good contacts. So they get access to deals that, uh, you know, have already been vetted through previous investment by uh, well known VCs. Excellent. And then um, you did uh, Inst Instramatic is one of your investments also. Yeah. Yeah. Instramatic is. Um, it's voice advertising. So if you're listening to the radio um, through something like uh, Alexa, I hope my Alexa doesn't, yeah, it's just going to kick in. Uh, yeah, if you listen to the radio through Alexa, if a, if a radio advert comes on, um, it can prompt you in real time and ask you, do you want to know more information about that? And so Instramatic provide the technology so that you can have a, uh, to a conversation uh, triggered by something in an advert. Interesting. So, okay, let's talk about where you are today with Cosmia. What, what's mm. Cosmia all about? Okay, we're working on some AI, um, and the, the idea behind it is that it turns everyday mundane products that you would browse and look at online before you buy them uh, into an interactive personality so you can have a conversation with it. So if you're going to uh, think of buying a vacuum cleaner, if you was to go on something like Amazon, you would see the static text in a picture. You'd be able to actually click on a chat button uh, and have a full-on conversation with it and ask it all the questions you want about its features, uh, how much it might cost, how long it might take to arrive at the house after you, you buy it. Um, but also you could ask it questions about, you know, the beginning of the universe and that kind of thing. Wow. So, so, what does a vacuum cleaner like have a face or does it uh, do you change it a little bit to make it look 
more human-like, or how does it work? At, at the moment, no, we've not decided yet. We might, we don't know whether we'll add some technology to try and animate uh, from the existing pictures, or whether we'll just give it some some slight motion when it's speaking. Interesting. And how long have you been working on that? That says here, uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, well, actually, uh, we haven't been working on that since 2016. So we've probably only been working on that for about two years. Um, prior to that, I just used Cosmian as uh, something to keep me entertained, um, just so I could use it as an R&D vehicle, really, just to keep me occupied uh, while I decided what I was going to do next. And do you have many employees in Cosmian? How big is the team? There's just four of us in total. We're, we're a small team. Interesting. And so... What's the secret of creating a successful company? You've invested in a lot of companies. You've done companies. What's the secret sauce? Hmm. I think it's just hard, hard work and determination and try and optimize constantly. Um, every time there's a problem, work hard to make sure that that problem can't happen again uh, and just keep doing that over and over again. And how do you pick the team? I I personally pick mostly just on, uh, obviously I do look at their experience, but mostly on gut feel. What what could that person be? How would they fit in, in my team? So how they fit in and gut feel. And mm -hmm. do you have people that you've worked with time and time again that, you, that become part of your team or how does it work? Um, not this time around. I've spoken to some people from the previous business um, about maybe getting involved in this one at a later stage. Um, but the, the people I'm working with now, I didn't know at all before this. Interesting. And so what's the goal? So what's Cosmian want to do? What's the end goal for Cosmian? Uh, well, we're, we're working on another aspect of the technology at the moment with Manchester University. And... Um, the idea is that you can feed the feed a film script or a movie script to our AI, and it will automatically generate interactive characters from that. Um, so that you could maybe, for example, in the middle of a Netflix, you know, you pause Netflix and you can see the current cast in the current scene. Uh, you could possibly talk to one of the characters, and it would adopt the persona of that character um, in relation to the, the the movie that it's in. Oh, that would be cool. Why would somebody want to do that, though? So you're you're watching The Matrix, and you're watching uh, John Wick. I'm not sure I'd want to talk to John Wick, but what, 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 so what would it be all about? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Uh, yeah, I think it's that for the to, to do it for products on a website, the idea is to try and create um, a new way to engage uh, consumers. So we're going to be losing um, third-party cookies. Well, they're nearly gone now anyway. Uh, and so we need a way to collect first-party data or zero-party data. So we think this might be a good way to do it and at the same time offer something back um, to the consumer. So make it more of a social experience. Um, and while we're doing that, we'll be able to collect the kind of insights that you would know had access to before, really. Um, yeah, I mean, those so why would even somebody need a movie you can create your own movie yeah technically you could yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. we also want to um, implement it in books um, so uh, using the same principle reading a, a book generate the characters from that and then 
at the beginning of, of a book, you could have a QR code for each of the main characters, scan the QR code and immediately go on an adventure with Harry Potter or something. Yeah, no, exactly. When that, I mean, you could create your own adventures, right? Yeah. That's interesting. So when do you think this technology is going to be to the mainstream? And we have the first version launching in about about two and a half months now. Uh, and that'll be a Shopify plugin. So anyone that's using Shopify to uh, run their store, um, they'll be able to um, use our plugin and that will bring their products to life. Wow, that's amazing. So it sounds like you're having a lot of fun doing what you're doing. Yeah. So what's your advice to uh, entrepreneurs that are out there that are just getting started, graduating with their engineering degrees? What, what words of wisdom do you have for them? Uh, I would say you don't always have to follow the rules. You don't always have to follow the rules of how you've been taught. There's, there are other ways. You don't always have to follow the rules. That's right. You know, it's uh, mm. you got to think differently sometimes. Like Steve Jobs said, you got to look outside of the box. And you never know, like you said, you know, it sounds like when you were in um, in school and, and uh, your counselor said, uh, you can't do the space stuff. You can't do math. And, you know, you proved him or her wrong. So that's a good thing. And now you're, you're living your dreams, but that's important in life, isn't it? So yeah. uh, we're coming up to the top of the show, closing thoughts and how do people reach out to you? Um, well, you reach me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, it'll be fairly easy to find. Just look for Alan Gray and Cosmians. Um, closing thoughts. I haven't really got any. Yeah, so, you know, I, it's great. So to my audience out there, you know, Alan's journey is amazing. Imagine you sometimes life put roadblocks in front of you, which your your job in life is, and the opportunity is to go over those roadblocks. I remember one time I was taking martial arts classes, and I was studying for my black belt, and Master Kwan said to me, he said, Gary, when you hit the board, it's not about looking at the board of the cinder block. It's about visualizing being on the other side. So part of it's about visualizing being on the other side. Part of it's understanding that you can do it. Part of it's staying positive. And the other thing is, you know, bring in the love, bring in the compassion, bring in the empathy. Because when you're doing this, you want to create a very warm, interesting experience that's pleasant for everybody. And you can win. We need a lot of kindness on this planet Earth. We need a lot of goodness. We need a lot of... Uh, of positive thinking. So bring that to your life. My name is Gary Fowler, and I am the host of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. And it's great to have my guest, Alan Gray, here today. Great to have the insights in space and entrepreneurship and investing. To each and every one of you, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll see you again next Tuesday for another exciting edition of GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. Take care, everybody. Thanks for being here, Alan. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for having me.